Wir begrüßen Sie zum Podcast Romantische Wahrheit. Dawson, drop that beat to start the episode. We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast. The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Share the experience of Romantic Truth with friends on Google, CastBox, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Breakers, Apple, or any other podcast platform. Just type in Romantic Truth in the search and subscribe. Now, here is the host of Romantic Truth, Jowson. All right, now this particular segment is primarily geared toward the guys, but ladies, you can definitely listen in. This is to help some of you guys avoid some of the potholes when it comes down to pursuing a relationship. One of them, let's start out first of all. If you notice in the beginning of a relationship, if she's got all these demands that you got to have a job, car, all of these other things, right? And you find out that she does not have those things. At this point, tread very softly. And what I mean by this is expect other things that she has required of you for her not to have as well. That's probably the tip of the iceberg. Now, here's the thing that you have to look out for. These things that she's telling you that are required for you, she's actually making those requirements for herself through you. Understand one thing. When she lays out her true situation in front of you, it's going to be far worse than she described it because she's going to be too embarrassed to let you know how bad things are. Now, the first thing you need to do is associate her situation with the behavior, with the character of the person. They're all related. People just don't wind up in situations like that just by circumstance. Now, true enough, people may be robbed or something of that sort. That's understandable. But here's the thing. Very seldom will all of their wealth go out the door. Let's turn it around and let's look at the equivalent. Ladies, it would be the equivalent of a guy who's trying to impress you, saying he has all this money in the, in the bank. And then you start dating him, you get with him, then you find out he's dead broke and he was lying throughout the whole process. It's the same thing. Now, if you find that this person has a whole bunch of codependent people around them, a whole bunch of enablers, where people are buying things for them, and they never have to buy nothing, they don't have a job, that right there is a pattern of behavior that's not new because they're too comfortable with that pattern of behavior. See, the difference is a person that's really annoyed by not having their own, they take anything, they'll take any job in order to avoid that feeling. So what you have to understand that there's a level of comfort when they do that, a level of complacency and procrastination. And what happens is when those people are in those types of situations, they will borrow, they will barter, they will always be that bottom feeder. 
because they have no intentions of doing better because they have it so good where they are. Now, a lot of people hate for me to say that, but it's the truth. Now, let's turn this around. If there was a man, ladies, that came to you and you found out that everything he told you was a facade, was a lie, and then what would be the first thing that you require of him? To get a job, right? Now, if that man complained to you about, I don't want to work at this job because I don't like it. I don't like the boss. I don't like this. Over 65% of people that have jobs hate their job. Not to mention the people they work with. But these people still show up for work. Because the creditors don't give a damn whether you like your job or not. The bill is still due. I've only had one job that I never liked in my life. And that was my only job here in Las Vegas, at a Surion. I didn't like the way everything was structured. I thought everything was just contrived and really disorganized. And the sad thing about it, you would see unqualified people that had positions of authority that didn't know what the hell they were doing. Sounds familiar? Everywhere else I've worked throughout my careers, have been wonderful. And for those of you who don't know, I've broken it up into three sections. I started out in television and broadcasting, then I went to IT, then I went to international business. I structured my life deliberately that way so that I had a path of progression. Now, here's the thing. You run across people that have no plans and they feel as though they're powerless against life. And therefore, life kicks them in the ass. And the only way they learn things, they have to go through the experience. Those kind of people are time wasters. They're resource wasters. They're leeches. And what will happen eventually? You're going to wind up leaving them. That's the way it goes. Because you're going to get tired of enabling them. You're going to get tired of the excuses. You're going to get tired of the asides that they will have for other people. They will wind up doing things for other people more so than they do them do for themselves. And that's going to translate into your relationship where that person may have their half of the rent to pay. And instead of giving you that half so that you can go on and pay the rent, they will go and lend that money out to a family member or friend and then go and try to borrow the money from someone else in order to pay their half. So you're always at a deficit because their priorities are messed up. They don't know how to organize their lives. And what you're dealing with at that point is an apocalyptic fuck-up. Because that's where you're going with this person. That's all they will ever be. They don't put any money away for savings. Many of these folks don't have life insurance. Because they live in the moment. And at the present time, they look at it, I'm not dead, I'm not dying, I'm not sick, so why should I need health insurance? Why should I need life insurance? Let me go on and do what I need to do. Until... It's too late. Because, see, they're so accustomed to be somebody else's burden that when they die, they expect somebody to bury them. So, basically, they want to live life for free. This is the epitome and the fear of most people, especially in a capitalist society. That sense of entitlement, because that's what it morphs into eventually. And so, they get into a relationship, many of these women, 
with the mindset that, okay, I'm in the relationship with you now. You have to take care of me because you're the man. And they have no forward ambition beside that. These women are expecting for you to pay into Social Security so when you die, they will collect off of you. And if they're not working and don't work those 10 years and put those 40 quarters of uh, money put away in, in FICA, where they could possibly draw Social Security when they get older, they're going to look for you to do that. And then they'll run the guilt trip about how you should do this for them because they've sacrificed for you, etc., etc. Fellas, fuck the sacrifice. They need to get out there and get these credits under their belts. They need to get out there and work. Because what's going to happen, it takes two incomes in order to sustain yourself now in the so-called wealthiest nation in the world. (laughs) We're the wealthiest printers of money in the world. Many of the assets that we have in this country belong to other countries as well. Let's not forget that. We don't have a sovereign wealth fund where we can go into countries as a nation and buy certain assets such as corporations and companies. We let individual corporations do that. Meanwhile, Chinese can come over, the Chinese can come over with their sovereign wealth fund and buy up companies. Kind of interesting, huh? Many of you are wondering why the rent is so expensive on the west coast of California, all the way down. It's amazing how we allow people to purchase properties in our country that we can't do in many other countries, and yet price it out of the market because they don't care. And therefore it makes it harder for Americans to do that. Go down to Mexico. You can't own any beachfront property in Mexico as an American. Yeah, you can get a condo, but you don't own the land. You don't own the building. So we need to be a little bit more practical and understand that if you have the money to throw away, be my guest. Go right ahead and get with one of these women. But if you ask them to be responsible or accountable, they're going to have an excuse before they have an answer. Because that's the way they function. There are men who are like this because a lot of these men grew up in the same kind of household that many of these women did. And they take on similar characteristics of them. The homosexuals. The simps. The simple, impotent male prototype. Because they don't have to be accountable because mommy made everything okay. And it gets to that point And they don't realize the mother's tired of carrying them. The mother's tired of making excuses when he goes to jail. The mother's tired of lying to the court, talking about how nice of a kid he was and pulling out that picture when he was nine years old playing on the football team. But now he's a grown-ass man and he done fucked up and killed two people. This is what I'm talking about, folks. It comes down to the basic fundamentals, guys. You have to look at what you're dealing with. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care how cute she is. That's what you're dealing with. And I'm going to talk about this other thing, too, that 
some of you have written in about. Both men and women wrote in about this, about dating someone who was dumb. But voluntarily dumb. I'm not talking about with some sort of uh, disorder. Somebody who's voluntarily ignorant. They don't like the facts. Social media is the only thing they listen to, so therefore they feel as though that's the gospel. That's their Bible of the new age. Because it was put on social media, because they saw the video, no matter whether it was edited, produced, reproduced, they go with that. The reason why? They trust their friend over the media. Because on the news media, where they have to vet the story, vet the resources, and go through the proper channels. They don't want that because it didn't come out with their narrative in life. The way they believe, the way they thought things, the way they think things should be. And there's a reason for that. It's because people don't like hearing what they don't like hearing. In the United States, you have freedom of speech. So what you do is you go and look for somebody that kind of has the same views as you do. And you might like Fox News, for instance, because they were pro-Donald Trump. You don't want to hear any other opposing views? You have that tunnel vision, because this is all you care about. And you lack cognitive flexibility. You can't listen to other people, see where their points of view are, see where it originated from, and then come back and still have a decent dialogue without subscribing to their belief. You just don't want to hear it. And a lot of you fellas wind up with women like this. You wind up with women who talk about religion. They'll quote scripture whether it's wrong, right, or indifferent. They're going to make it what they want it to be to try to make you feel morally guilty for not taking them on with their baggage and their problems. See, when it comes down to a man, he would look ridiculous doing this because a woman has more choices than he does. So this guy doesn't have himself together, she'll call him a buster and move on to other guys that she has an array of choosing from. With a man, he doesn't get that many choices, so he was like, oh, well, I'll deal with this bullshit, I'll, I'll work through it. And then as he wades through it, he sees how deep the pond is. Where he started was, he thought he was just going to go from the edge of the water to the center where it's the deepest. Only to find out (laughs) that as soon as he gets to the edge of the water, he's going right into the deep end. Because there are things that these individuals don't tell you. They never finish anything. They'll start things, they'll say they're doing things, but they won't finish them which leaves you in an awkward situation. A lot of them may be married and still not divorced. And they think it's okay to be married and start a relationship and keep that relationship going. And then you ask them, well, why hasn't that occurred? I didn't have the money. That's an excuse. You'll have the money to do everything else in the world If you got sick, somebody got sick, a friend got sick, a neighbor got sick, someone else, you would go this, that, and a third to help them. But you don't think about helping yourself. This partner would be a detriment to your relationship because they prioritize everybody else's crisis over their own. 
their family could come in and tell them, well, you know, I don't feel like going to California to help take care of mama. Why don't you take your ass to California and take care of mama? And they go to take care of mama in California. And they're like, well, when are you coming out to help? No, mama's your responsibility. I don't have to come out there and help you. This is what they do. This is how they use you. And being that you're the man, you're nothing but the money bags for that. You know, I used to talk to my Marines when I was in the Marine Corps about the women that these guys fell in love with and wanted to marry. And I had to explain to them, hey, the reason why they want to marry you, you're playing into their narrative. And they wouldn't see it. Not tell them. What she's trying to do is to get you in a relationship with her so that part of your resources will go help finance her family back home when she comes to the States to marry. But understand one thing. After you've outlived your usefulness, she's more than likely going to divorce you and have her family already over here in the States and she doesn't need you and now she can go and pursue the guy she wants. I've seen this scenario play out so many times it's not funny. I met several women here in Vegas from the Philippines. A couple of them I knew from back over there who at that time were dating Navy sailors and so forth. And now they're stateside and they're doing their thing. Got with who they wanted to be with. And they moved on. And see, that's what you have to consider and that's what you have to realize. We'll talk more in just a moment. All right, now, another thing you will face, the overly dependent woman. She will come out like she's so fiercely independent. See, one thing that you'll realize, fiercely independent people are usually the result of a traumatic experience. These are people who have trust issues. They don't want you to do anything for them. They're so totally independent. You go on a date with them, They'll be the first to tell you. Now, I'll pay my own way. Uh, let's go Dutch. That's because they had trusted someone in the past and that person disappointed them and failed them and probably violated them. So, therefore, they are truly independent. These are the people that would never say they're independent. They will show you they're independent. That fool that has to say what they are, they're not that. I'm independent, I'm strong, I'm whatever. They're lying. <coughs> the person that is never has to say it. They live it. It's like the person that says they're a Christian. Have you ever noticed some of the people that never profess to be a Christian are some of the nicest people in the world? And some of those who do, they use that as the measuring stick to do whatever the hell they so desire. Good, bad, or indifferent. Just been my experience. Maybe it's been yours as well. Now, another thing too. 
a lot of these folks will come out and they will say things such as so-and-so is doing this for me, so-and-so is doing that for me. They'll have like four or five different people doing things for them. Things that they could do themselves if they applied themselves, but they're lazy. But they don't want to be called that. Oh no, that'd be offensive. You would hurt their feelings. And when you hurt their feelings, then it gets to a point where they start looking at it as a personal attack because they're used to being coddled. The reason why most people do not excel or do not become successful is because they expend many of their resources in other people that don't deserve it. That's going to cut close. I'm talking about family members and friends. I'll give you an example. I had a friend of mine that opened up a restaurant in Los Angeles. He was just starting out, got the funding, got everything he needed, and he opened up. He had his prices set. They were reasonable. I went to patronize his restaurant. Food was very good. He was very friendly, good staff. And then what started to happen, family members, wanted to have Sunday dinner there. And then they got upset when he told them there was a cost with that. But feeling guilty, he allowed them to eat there every Sunday for free. Now, he had guests, he had other customers that came in, and they had to pay full price. Well, everything went well for a while, for about a year and a half. Until one day, there was an argument, one Sunday, among family members because they had a death in the family. And they started talking about how the money should be split up, how the person's property should be split up. And one of the people in the conversation yelled out, what more do you want? We're already eating here for free every Sunday. Now, that's kind of interesting that the customers would hear something like that. And so he called me one day and called said, hey, man, you know, I think my family really hurt me today. And I was like, oh, man, how? I'm thinking that, you know, maybe they said something to him. He said, no, he said, it's, it's the business. He said, several customers, he said, the restaurant was full. And several of those customers heard what my family members said. And he explained to me what they said, just like I told you. And sure enough, his clientele started tapering off. And he still had to try and true there. But what had happened, he didn't see his restaurant expanding. So he went out. Spent money on advertising and marketing. Didn't help. And eventually he had to shut down. But what he had to come to grips with, and he didn't want to say it because he still loved his family, they were the people that put the nail in the coffin for him because the way he became popular was through word of mouth. And that was the very same way he became unpopular. Because once they found out, word spread. Family will always hold you back if they have not tried to go forward. There are some families where it's a competition. 
One graduates from college, the other one goes to college. One gets a good job, the other one's competing for a good job. This was one thing that my grandparents kind of fostered in their children. A race for betterment. But you have some families, no, they're going to sit there and drag it out and they want you to pay for everything. They want to always keep you in the hole on par where they are. And the way to control you is to criticize you, tell you what you can't do, tell you that you're not attractive, tell you that you're ugly, tell you anything in the world to keep the reins on you as one of their creatures in their stable. Because see, as long as they do that and have that control, it's going to impact you on your self-esteem on what you think your capabilities are. They're holding you back. You know I talk about crabs in a barrel? This is exactly what I'm talking about. And these are the crabs you know. My grandparents had it, a rule. Once you got grown, you had to be gone. And that's what happened. Get out there and live your life. We did all we could for you. Now it's up to you. We gave you the tools in order to manage yourself in life. It's up to you. Same thing my parents did with me. Because they wanted to prepare me early. So that when I got out there, I wouldn't be vulnerable and used and and messed over. Like a lot of people I've seen. Where life has just got his foot up their ass and every time they turn around and they solve one crisis, another crisis comes up. Another one comes up because they can't focus because they're so busy in crisis mode that they can't even focus on the plan. And they say, well, you know, uh, you can't control life. Of course not, but you can control yourself. You control your own behavior. And this is what people miss out on. And here's the thing. The very people that need the help and that comes to you and ask you for help, just like they do here, they don't want to hear the things they need to do because, like I said, most people love complacency. They love to not have to do shit. What do people at work do all the time? They try to consolidate work efforts so that they could promote efficiency so they could do what? Not be at work. See, one thing you have to realize, we're conditioned to work our asses in the ground in America. And that was for a reason. It's not to benefit the worker. It's to benefit the people who are benefiting from the worker's labor. If a country started out with slavery, what the hell makes you think at any point along the way that being an employee is valuable. What would make you think that? There are some of you, if you showed up dead in the news, that company would not miss you one bit. They wouldn't send a letter to your family. They would just go Pay out whatever they need to pay out to the family. You're just another number. And this is what you have to understand. Nobody gives a damn if you're a hard worker or how hard you work. 
That's something that makes you feel good because that's the motivational bullshit companies have given you to show up every day. Let's face it, people. If we have, why do we have to have child labor laws in this country? Because the corporations, they didn't give a damn who was doing the labor as long as they were making the profits. That's what you don't quite get. So all of this motivational talk I hear about, I'm a hard worker and all this stuff and work ethic and all, that's all well and good. But that's only pertaining to you. Your personal integrity. And what are you doing? Looking for affirmation from total strangers that's giving you an attaboy? If corporations really value their employees, they will give them a portion of the production that they have created. But of course, that would be too much of a high measure because they have you set in that mindset of graduating from high school, getting your ass on the factory floor. Education is not stressed in our society, which means that you're going to have a lot of people who are going to get tired of working after 20 years, 15 years. I'm tired of this. I want to do something else. When they could have made that choice early in life by structuring and planning where they want to go. And I know there's that phase where you're trying different things as a teenager. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. But you may want to do your due diligence and your research in your teenage years and read up on what you would like to do. Read up on the qualifications and the requirements because now you have more resources than even I had when I was growing up. I had to go to a library and find out all these things. I had to find out how to use a soundboard at a radio station. I had to learn out how to go and speak in the mic. Those kind of things. I had to learn what it took in order to go and work in international business to have an idea and see whether or not I liked it. I loved other languages. I loved other cultures. You have to expand your horizons on that in that regard. But you have a lot of people, they don't want to do it. They want to be taken care of. I met a girl who was a Mormon girl out of uh, Utah years ago, and she was in California. Very nice, very pleasant lady. And she told me the only thing she wanted to do was be a mom. And I said, okay, that sounds good. And that was it. And then this attractive woman that I'm looking at, you know, and we're getting along very well. And she says, well, you have to convert to our religion. I said, well, that's not going to happen. And then she says, well, it doesn't look like we could be together then. Okay, fine. She went her way, I went mine. I recently ran into her on Facebook. She has four kids now. Been divorced three times. And now she's looking for a man. And she's not so religious anymore. She's disenfranchised. And I'm like, well, when we had the moment, it wasn't the right opportunity. 
So therefore, as I see it, we can still be friends. But as far as relationship, no thank you. Not because I'm sour or bitter. It's because of the fact that she's grown in one direction, I've grown in another. Sometimes you have to accept fate when it's laid out to you. Some things are not meant to be. And also, another thing, fellas, with these women, watch, please watch out who they ask for help. Because a lot of you get in relationships and this woman will go out and ask for help and support from someone else. And before you know it, that person's got a relationship attached to them, not necessarily one that's an intimate relationship or nothing like that, but something where they brought somebody else into their lives. And the more people they bring into their lives, the more confusion you will have, the more you will have as far as influencers to deal with. And then if you're not careful, you'll be dealing with someone who can't think for themselves. You know, like I told you about the situation with the young man in your Belinda that married the lady who had a domineering mother. And when they got married, what this gentleman didn't know was that the daughter knew it. The mom had already purchased a house for them in proximity to where they lived because she wanted to see their grandkids. The mom also laid down the rules in the house, had a bedroom for herself in their home when she came to visit. And of course, the husband felt less than a man trying to put his foot down. And of course, he had his wife agreeing with this woman and they have children together. And so he was stuck. And he wrote me talking about how he agreed with some of the things I talked about. Because he started to realize it. He didn't pay any attention to that close relationship that that young lady had with her mother. He just slept it off, but didn't realize how much control and influence the mother had over her daughter, which related to the influence and control the mother had over him. He was living in her house. Even though he was working and wanted to get his own house, the mother already conveyed the sentiments to her daughter that it wouldn't make any sense for him to go out and buy a house when they're already in one. And so his pride took a bruising. So that meant that the mother-in-law could talk to him any kind of way, treat him any kind of way. And he had to accept it. And then his wife could really pile it on thick. I'm telling you, you have to be mindful of who helps your woman if you're in a relationship. People have agendas. People can sway her one way or the other. And before you know it, your ass will be pulled down that sinkhole too. More in a moment. Now, the question of male friends seems to come up a lot. Our friends in general, when it comes down to men seeking a woman. Fellas, let me tell you something. That man that she has classified as her friend, a couple of things you need to look at. First of all, don't be intimidated by him. 
Women are known to lie about men that they have slept with, especially when it comes down to that friend. Now, here as men, we know this. That male friend are in three categories. Either he's gay or not interested in her in any kind of way and kind of looks at her as a family member, little sister, or whatever. That's rare. We know this as men. Usually, either the guy wants to have sex with her or has had sex with her. They're only going to fall in one of those three categories. They're going to be platonic. He would like to sleep with her and they're platonic. Or he has slept with her and they're platonic. After the fact. Or in some cases, they might still be sleeping with her. Those are the three categories. Don't fool yourself. Don't let her bullshit you on any other level. I'll give you another example. Take, for instance, you're dating this lady. And this male friend has a key to her apartment. This male friend has access to her personal effects. Where she could call him and tell him, Hey, could you do a favor for me? Could you go get this or get that done? And he's leaving his place to come over to her place to open up the place in order to get whatever she needs. Again, you have to watch this because, now true enough, she could have someone that's totally platonic, not interested in her and do it. But here's the thing that we know as men. If that's the case, she's a lower priority if he's got a woman already, right? So he's not going to be the guy that's going to jump up and go and open her house up and go and look for these things. The guy who's trying to sleep with her, that three o'clock guy, the one that she probably dissed back in the day, but she kept as a friend, he's the one that's going to do that shit. He's probably going to go in there, smell her underwear, you name it. Probably try it on, who knows. That's the guy. The guy she slept with, she could text him. He's got a key. He'll go over there, all right, I'll, I'll go over there, even though he's been with other women. He'll do it. But if you really think about it, the two extremes are going to be the slowest to do it. The first one being the guy that had the full platonic relationship with her that's not interested in her because she's a lower priority. He's not going to be that interested in going over and doing whatever, fetching things for her. The guy who has a relationship who has slept with her already, she's not a priority. He'll get around to it. The guy, that 3 o'clock guy who's still trying to get in her panties, He's going to be the one that's Johnny on the spot because he's got an incentive. He's trying to do it. Now, as you know, guys, when you're dealing with single moms especially, you may have that woman that's going through hard times and she's got a man to do everything, the plumber, the utility man, this man, this man, that man. Here's what you have to consider on that. Every woman you meet that has a whole bunch of male male friends, trust me, she has slept with somebody. She has dated somebody in that group. Now, the one thing she doesn't want to do is to let you know that. There are some women, on the other hand, who are very up and up and straight-laced. They'll try to save a few dollars and they'll pay the guys and won't be intimate with them or have a relationship doesn't mean that these guys are not interested in sleeping with her. Please understand that. 
And here's the thing that you will notice immediately. If you offer to fix a car, for instance, have it paid for. And she says, no, that's okay. I got a mechanic that takes care of it. Don't worry about it. Nine times out of ten, she and that mechanic got something going on. Because here's the thing. She'd rather take it to a shade tree as opposed to taking it to a dealership. What does that tell you? Because the logic she's using is that money he's paying on that dealership and I can get it done for almost nothing with this other guy. That's money he could spend on me. You have to think this through. Now, when it comes down to women, and you guys have a lot of female friends, the majority of my friends are female. A good percentage of them, yes, I've dated. And I let women know this. And the reason why I do this is so there won't be any gray area. They don't have to worry about asking questions. And with these women, are we still intimate or anything like that? The answer is no. I let them know what's up. Let them know how the relationship in it. Let them talk to the women. Because in that way, everything's transparent. And they don't have to listen to what I say. They can listen to the women. They'll tell them. You have to put it in that context. So that they will understand. And they'll know, well, hell, I know you don't have to worry about her. She, yeah, that that is never going to work. But women don't do that with men because they're ashamed, they're embarrassed. That's the reason why the woman will say, well, you know, you ask a woman, how many women have you slept with? That's not, how many men you slept with? That's none of your business. But they'll turn around and ask you that same question. And I tell them hundreds. Oh, my God. And, of course, they act like they're appalled. And then after they've gotten over that initial shock, then they'll try to come in with something like a, on a moral level, right? You're a hoe. No. I'm a man who dated a lot of women. Well, you'd call a woman a hoe that slept with a lot of men. No, I wouldn't. I'd call that a woman that dated a lot of men. Why would you have to go through that extreme measure when you don't have to? Because a hoe is somebody that would consistently do it. The person would be, would be classified as is a hoe. Not someone that's dated in the past. But see, that's the distinction. By putting that label, they've already designated what you are. So, women like equality to a certain point until it doesn't work to their advantage. And then after that, then they try to flip the script. You have some who like the maximum level of equality. Equal accountability, but the problem is those women are not very popular. They get shouted down by other women all the time. Because they don't want them to mess it up for the ones that have it like that, where they can have that duality. Now, another thing, fellas. If you're with a woman and she's always got something that's new that she didn't pay for. Oh, my friend bought me this. That mystical friend that you never know about. There's a good possibility she's still sleeping with that friend to get those items. 
she's still flirting with that friend. Because see, some women get addicted to the attention and addicted to the lifestyle and the money. So they don't mind dating a guy that doesn't have too much money because they got somebody that's already their benefactor. So you are basically the guy that they may love, but he's the guy that's providing. If you ever saw that uh, character of Sharon Stone in the movie Casino, Robert De Niro was replying, he was supplying the money for Sharon Stone. James Wood was the addict, was the addict, was the guy that didn't measure up, but she loved him. And so she transferred the wealth from De Niro to James Woods. You see people that do that. There are men who literally allow their wives to be prostituted out to wealthy men so that they could live better. And the wife has the benefit of both worlds. She loves the husband that's downtrodden and doesn't have anything. And she could tolerate the guy that's given her all these gifts and given her the attention and the notoriety. That's the way it works. I knew of a situation years ago. Nobody really said anything about it. That's exactly what was happening. Everybody thought that this lady that we knew was married to this wealthy guy. That wasn't the case at all. The wealthy guy was married to another woman. But she was in a committed relationship with a guy who didn't do anything. And she took care of him. He had a new car all the time. He had new clothes. Didn't work. She didn't want him to work because therefore he would have been out of her control. But nobody could say nothing about it even though we saw it exist. And it was their business, true enough. Now, when the older guy's wife found out about the situation, well, things fell apart. She was no longer interested in taking care of the poor guy that she loved at that point. She couldn't afford to take care of him anymore. She was his enabler. These are things you have to be careful of, fellas, when you're dealing with women out there. They're not evil people. I know there are some people that are online talking about women are evil, women ain't shit, and all this other stuff. That's not true. What it comes down to is that the experience a person has <coughs> is the opinion they formulate. I've had good and bad women in my life. I had one woman to tell me straight up, if we got in a relationship, if you get sick or broke, don't count on me for shit. I accepted her candor. And she was shocked because that was the thing that she would use to intimidate men with. I had no problem with it. But some people do. I would rather for her to tell me that up front and know what I'm getting into than to be a mouse about it and then let it come out and her ass is hidden for the heels. Now, another thing. A lot of you guys let a lot of things slide. Oh, I'm going this weekend with my girlfriends. They'll tell you they have no money, right? 
And so you call in to schedule a date with them on a Friday night or Saturday night. And they'll say, well, you know, we're going to Cabo for the weekend. <laughs> okay. But you told me you were broke. Yeah, my girlfriend's paying for it. Not necessarily. Girlfriend, her boy, girlfriend's boyfriend could be paying for it. So you could have an opportunity to be with both of them. You never know. But see, you have to watch those magic moments when things like that start to happen. And it's like, well, okay, this means that we really can't work on anything together. Or when you do work on things together, it's like you got to foot the full bill. Because what she's about is an opportunity. And you're just that. You're not a human being. You're not a person. You're an opportunity. You're an object that she can use. Don't fall into that category, guys. Because you will. Now, this is not meant to vilify women. But it's to point some things out in their behavior. Some of them are this way. Am I talking about all women? No. So please save the car alarm argument. Not all. Not all. Not all. Sound like a damn car alarm. I'm just talking about the fundamentals. Now, another problem that you guys will face with women. Some of them may not think that you're up to par to meet their families. And they will lie and exaggerate about how great you are. Guys, put that in check. When she starts to that incline on that lie, check her on that early. Because if you don't, you get in front of her parents. She's raising the expectations to the highest level for you. And therefore, what she's going to do is sit back with her parents and say, okay, I set the bar for you. Now you got to measure up to that. And she's doing this to form a consensus with her family so that if you don't measure up, then they both will turn you thumbs down. Now, the reason why this is done, a lot of women, take for instance, you're a janitor. And she wants you to aspire to be more than a janitor. But you're a janitor with a good job, good reputation. You've been on the job for 10 years, etc. And she introduces you as a school teacher. You don't know this. Because she's not going to tell you what the lie is a lot of times. Sometimes they will. But most of the times they won't. And you're introduced to her parents. And they're asking you questions on a level where you're not. And then you don't want to blow it. You don't want to be embarrassed. So you play along with it. You fake it till you make it. And then she'll come back and say something. Well, you know, my folks, uh, they're going to be expecting you to do this and do that. Watch that form of leverage, guys. They will try to do this. Especially you guys that they tell who have potential. This is the way they're pushing you in front of the spotlight. Don't fall for this. Because as they see it, it's about them having a shiny star on their chest. Now, there are other women that will lie to you prior to you meeting the family. And they'll say something like, well, I want to tell them that you work in this field in order to get affirmation from their parents. 
Now, be careful with this. When a guy, when a lady does this, fellas, nine times out of ten, she has failed at multiple relationships. And the parents have always said, I told you so. So what she's trying to do is dress you up to make you the exception and not the rule. The problem is, I want you to learn one thing. If she has to do this, this means that she has failed before because she has a poor choice in men. And you'll find it out when you start talking to the parents a little bit more, especially when they tell you how that person has failed in other relationships. See, when the parents are comfortable with you, sometimes they'll let their hair down a little bit too long as, as well as the rest of the relatives and tell you the truth. Because a lot of times when they say something like, oh, you're family, and they tell you that real quick, that means that they got something to share with you about that particular family member. It could be a vendetta where they're trying to get even with that family member. And they may tell you something that is truthful. And it may be embarrassing to that person. Don't throw it out there and sign up like you're in a conscript in an army. Keep it in your head, but don't necessarily abide by it. Just have that piece of knowledge and see if it is valid in her behavior. And if it is, that gives you an indicator of what you're dealing with. Because that's the way it goes sometimes. Now, there are others that do not want you to meet their parents, do not want you to meet their family. They will tell you how horrible they are, etc., etc. You form this opinion based on their assessment of them, right? So you're thinking, okay, well, these people are bad people. I've had this happen before to me. Then I met her parents, met her folks, met her family. And the problem was not that the family was bad, but that they have set up every opportunity to help her and she fucked it up every time. But they were the bad guys. She wanted to shift the blame onto them to make herself look and feel better. But the truth of the matter was she was the person that was the problem. Be careful on this. This is the reason why you have to make your own judgment and assessment. You know when I tell you about making good decisions? This is where they start. Starting a relationship is part of it. Choosing the right person for the relationship. But a good portion of that goes on to after you're in it. Who to listen to? The girlfriends. They're notorious for leaking information. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. Now, when it comes to friends, especially girlfriends, here's the thing you have to really consider. You have to be very skeptical and consider their agenda. That woman you're dating will more than likely have a friend along that plethora of friends she has who is a person that's out to sabotage her. Types of friends you'll run into that she may have, the archetypes, you may find that one friend is very possessive. They don't want her in a relationship because they're not in one. 
So therefore, you are a threat. So she's going to try to find every negative thing she can about you. Google you. Look you up on Spokio. They're going to try to find something, whether it's criminal record, marital history, something to hang their hat on. They're going to check over your social media. They're going to look at your posts because they're trying to find a reason to create a wedge. Because they kind of like the way things are. They could use their friend at will. They have their friend at their disposal. If they want to go on a trip, they can call that friend up and take them. And what you'll notice is these people will double down on that friendship. They'll let you know, hey, no, she's my friend. Don't you be hurting her. Don't you be messing with her. Don't you be doing this. Don't be breaking her heart, etc., etc. And you think that that person has their best interest at heart. This could be a head fake as well. Because there are some that may just do that because (laughs) they want to act like they're looking out for a best interest, but they're actually looking out for their own. Now, another thing. They'll be the quickest one to formulate a negative opinion about you to your girl and foster doubt. She will have the other friend that will more than likely be a moralist of the highest order, so to speak. And she may look down upon you in a condescending way. In other words, don't try to talk to me. I'm too good for you. And you probably are not good enough for my friend. And therefore, she'll make herself feel a little bit better. Being that her friend has got with this lowly guy and her boyfriend... The other friend's boyfriend's going to definitely trump you and outdo you, whether it's career, education, in order to peer down upon you in your lowly presence. She's going to have the other friend that's going to be very nice, very cordial, a good friend. But this friend is also going to know the truth about her friend, your girl. And she's going to be loyal to a fault. Meaning that she's going to be so loyal that she will go to the ends of the earth to do things that are devious in order to protect her friend and her reputation. She'll lie to you. She's going to paint a pretty picture of her friend. Because that loyalty has kicked in. And fellas, just for the record, anytime you are that loyal to someone, you've done a disservice to yourself. Loyalty still requires accountability. Remember that. Now, you may have that other friend who is a follower, and this person's influenced by her greatly. She may not have been in a relationship. She may have been one of these pick-me girls, or she may be one of these girls that, oh, there are no good men out there. But the minute she gets with a man, her girlfriend follows suit and finds her a guy to be with. Now, the reason why she's doing this is trying to stay in sync with her friend. Because that is her role model. That is her idol. She may even go so far as to try to look like her friend. Now, it's not uncommon for these type of women to try to take you, her man, from her friend. And she will do this by spilling the tea on her friend about 
Yeah, well, she really doesn't know how to keep a man. She's good at ke- at getting one, but not keeping him. And this is what she's going to do. And she'll let you know the full skinny. With the confidentiality that you don't tell your girl. Can't tell you how many times that has happened to me. But these are women that your girl really trusts. These are your ride. Or, these are her ride or dies. These are her girlfriends that would never do her wrong. And of course, she's naive. And this is the way they want her to view them, because this is how they exist. Now. You're also going to have that one practical friend. And she's going to be the one that's probably on the outs with everybody. But she's going to say it's not going to work because she's going to go through that same behavior and it's going to be the same thing over and over. She likes her as a friend, but she's not one of these loyal friends. And the reason why she's not loyal is because she's seen all these other friends of hers make fools of themselves lie to the boyfriend while she's while the girl's over at somebody else's house those kind of things she's going to be the practical one and interestingly enough this woman's going to usually be the most attractive as far as friends to the guy that the girl is dating because at this point he's going to see Someone who's practical, someone who really doesn't have to put on a show, but someone who's themselves. They don't make excuses, they tell the truth. They're grounded. And these women are more appealing. They have a sense of self. Then there will always be the superficial friend. That individual is the one that's cosmetic, non-substantive, and they may go out, may do things together, but there's really not much there outside of that superficial facade. They are cordial, they get along, but this is the kind of person that they can't depend on. They usually have one of these. Not always, but they usually have one of these. They might invite her to an event. She says she'll show up and not do it. Then you will have the rivalry. There will be others that are in competition. And this is usually the motivation that probably prompted her to get with you. Because she has a competitor on her neck. This is the kind of woman that would tease another woman about not having a man. This is the kind of woman that would go out and have a boyfriend and then show him off and use those public displays of affection, the PDAs, in order to make her jealous. And that's an existing rivalry that was there long before you showed up as this woman's boyfriend. I know all of this sounds trivial and marginal, But it manifests itself as you get into these relationships and it becomes a broader issue. And these are the things you will face. 
they're going to also have that one wild friend of theirs. This one wild friend is going to be the person that really doesn't have too many bars as far as uh, when it comes to standards. This is the one that most women try to keep you away from. See, there are two types of women that women will try to keep you away from, fellas. The woman that is finer and more attractive and got her shit together more than she does, and the woman who has lower standards and will sleep and take advantage of an opportunity with any man in her proximity. Those are the two women that these women definitely want to keep their men from. Because in both cases, they pose threats. And so they're going to try to keep you complacent with them. And they got to always have a backstory on everybody. See, a lot of times, and what a lot of you ladies don't know, you may be friends with these women when they get in relationships. But what they have to do is to tone down and dummy down you guys in some capacity so that they will always have the first choice with this man. So they may very well go and share things about you with him that you may not even know about yourself. And this is a deterrent for him to pursue any of you. I'll just poison the well before they go to drink. That's the way it works. Now, you will have that one friend, fellas, that you'll run into that she will have as a close friend, usually, that will be that influencer. Whatever she says goes. And she knows she has this power over her. Oh, and she's going to exercise it. Because she's one of the only few women in that group that knows she can take her girlfriend's man at any time she so desires. And it makes her feel good to have that kind of power. Because she knows that if she wants you, she can have you. And she knows how to get you. And the only thing she has to do is to point out the things she doesn't like about you. And get a consensus. And once they come up and they say, hey girl, you don't need to be dating him because of this, because of that. She loses interest and that's why they want her. And if that woman so desires to be with you, she can do so. These are just different ways women manipulate each other. And you wonder why women don't like to have female friends around them? It's because of this dynamic. Now, I get asked a lot of questions by, why do you have so many female friends and so few male friends? The reason being is this. I learned from female friends. See, as men, we don't talk about nothing but sports, boxing, fighting. And if we say the wrong thing around each other at the wrong time, we got to fight. Well, you don't have that problem with women. Because what are women trying to do a lot of times? Trying to prove themselves. 
And so as they do so, they give you insights on what's going on with them. Now, other things that come to fruition that we don't really look at. You may deal with a woman and she overextends herself unknowingly behind your back to other people. She takes on commitments that she hadn't told you about. And then before you know it, you're co-signed to that commitment. You got plans to go out with her Saturday. You guys are going to go, we'll say, on a sailboat. However, you've already made plans, paid your deposit and everything. You're going to surprise her. This is why you have to be slow on surprises, guys. Because (laughs) you're out there planning. She's already made a commitment to go to her girlfriend's wedding. And you don't know that Saturday you're going to be dressed in a tuxedo at a wedding. And your deposit for that sailboat is now something you have to negotiate with the company to see whether or not you could reschedule. Things like that. And they don't spring it on to you until the last minute. Even though they have known for a while. But they drop that on you. And then if you don't, of course, participate, who's the bad guy? You are. And then they have a consensus formed against you. The girlfriends will say, oh yeah, well he didn't think enough of you to even take you to the wedding. It's all politics. And God help you if the family gets involved. That's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Stay tuned. Now let's talk about family involvement in your relationship. There's a good possibility that the family will know about problems in the relationship well before you are aware of them. It's not uncommon for the woman who starts telling her sisters or mother or someone, usually female, about the shortcomings in it, looking for a strategy in order to counter the problem. So by the time they come to you, they've already sorted out what the problem is and they've already come up with a resolution. This is without consulting you at all. Let's say that you pick her up 30 minutes too late every time you're picking up on a date for whatever reason. And she's trying to make it where you're disrespecting her. And of course you are if you're not calling her in advance. We'll say that's the caveat as well. Well, instead of her coming in and talking to you about it and expressing herself in her own way, she's taking the opinion of the consensus she's formed with a family. And it's like, you're disrespecting me by not showing up, you know, on time. And my sister and my mother really are concerned about this. What she's done, she's added weight to her argument. So in this way, she's forcing your hand to say, okay, well, I'm just going to agree to this and that's it. That's what it's about. Now, Fellas, let me tell you something else. One thing never to do, but there are two things you never do. One, you never pop up at a woman's house without calling her. 
She should never pop up at your place without calling you. The only time women usually do this is not to surprise you, but it's to catch you doing something. That's why that happens. Now, when it comes down to a situation where it's really late, if you say you're going to be somewhere, be there on time. Be there 15 minutes prior in most cases. Because one thing that I will tell you will sink your battleship every time as a man is a lack of punctuality. Again, that's symbolic of our integrity. We say we're going to do something, we're going to be there, we're going to do it. And the way you do that is to show up. Just with the same punctuality you would as a job. Now, let's look at a few other things here. When a woman tells you something to the effect of I'm disappointed in you and you have done something up and beyond the scope of what you would normally do for someone else and you find that you've fallen on that sword of disappointment with them what they're telling you at that point is your best effort was not good enough So I'm going to raise the bar on you. This is a positioning of power when they do that. They're trying now to establish their power or to lord over you. What they're trying to do now is get you in condition to jump higher to their demands. This is a manipulative tactic that some women will use. So for instance, she may start out with you taking her out to dinner to a nice restaurant. And then she says, uh, you know, it was nice that you took me there, but I really require this. And she'll go and hit you with uh, another restaurant that may be a lot more expensive. What she's doing is two things. One, she's trying to establish a norm for herself. And two, she's also putting you in your place as someone that's supposed to do nothing more than provide the things that she requests of you. This is a test because what she's trying to do now is to see how far she can go without authority. And take, for instance, you go out there and take her to a five-star restaurant and you got her there and she's smiling and happy. Okay, you're where she wants you to be in that regard. The next thing is to acknowledge her with gifts And so she makes these demands for these exotic gifts, establishing these standards. Now, a lot of women do this for one thing. They're using you as a test run. You're just practice, spring practice for them at this point. Because the next thing they're going to do after they dump you, and usually they will because you're going to figure it out and get tired of the shit, they're going to go to the next guy with these standards already in place. Because, see, what she's also doing is building her self-esteem to ask for these things. And as she does this, she doesn't have any doubt when she goes into the next relationship to ask these things of the guys. She'll know what kind of personality type to do this with, and it makes her climb that social ladder. Another thing, these are things you have to look out for, because some of these women will do this. 
A lot of you young, naive guys will get played like this a lot. Another thing that will also be of concern, if she gives you a lot of excuses after she finally gets into a relationship with you. In other words, in the beginning of the relationship, she's her attention is focused on you. Nothing has changed. Everything is going well. And then after you get over that hump of the first or second date, then you become less of a priority, which means that she's not texting you as much. She's not calling you as much. She's not responding to your text as much. At this point, she's over you. She's not done with you, but she's over you. She wants to keep you in the ballpark just in case she needs to use you in the future. But for the most part, you're not a priority. You're not the main course of the meal on the menu. She's just going to keep you around like a zombie just in case she needs you for some other pressing situation. Meanwhile, she's going to be pursuing other endeavors. You run across this a lot when you go out on that first date with a person and then after you've gone on that first date, she still has a whole array of guys to still go on first dates with. Now, there's some women who will be upfront and tell you, hey, you know what? I'm just seeing how you guys are. I have about four or five more guys that I have to go out with and see whether or not they're about anything. Now, here's the thing I will tell you. In this case, you want to be in two categories, either the first guy or the last guy she chooses to go out with. The reason being is that it comes down to being remembered. So you may want to ask her on a date. So I know you are probably inundated with a lot of uh, requests to go out on dates. Why me? Let her tell you why. And then you could come back with, so how many more dates do you have left? Now it's going to be an awkward question. A lot of women don't like to answer that question. Oh, you know, you're number 25 in a line of 49. So instead, they may say, well, you know, I think I'm done because I've already gone out with 12 or 13 guys and it was horrible. You open up the information sponge when she starts talking about those dates. Find out some of the things that went wrong. Just listen. You don't have to really do any input. Because, see, one thing about a woman, when she's had a bad date with a guy, it's memorable. When she has a good date with a guy, it's memorable. When it's mediocre, it's forgetful. So you want to be in one of those two categories. Either it's memorable or it's horrible. Preferably the memorable, of course. Other things that come up when you're dating that you're going to have to contend with. That woman who cannot keep her mouth shut. You may face her. The gossiper. Always talking. You may go and meet her family, meet her friends. Everybody but you know what's going on. And then they even start cracking jokes. Especially if it's about something that you've told them. And before you know it, they've spread it to everyone. This is the kind of person that will talk to a guy like me 
while you're in a relationship and tell me every problem that's going on in your relationship. I used to get so sick of hearing this. I'd go out and you'd see that one lady sitting there by herself. I didn't have to bother going over to her. She's already scoped the room out. She saw that, hey, I don't want to be bothered with this guy because he looks like he's drinking too much. I want to be bothered with this guy. He looks like he's got problems. I want to be bothered with this guy because he's angry. That guy over there at the bar that's sitting there having a beer that's laughing with the bartender, he may be somebody that's of interest to have a conversation with. This is what women have told me when they have come up to engage, to talk. When I would ask them, why? Why me? You just seem more approachable. And then I'd sit there and listen to them. And they would purge about those relationships. Boy, I knew every problem that was wrong with it. Because they would let me know in detail. And he went out with another woman. And she was half my age. And she was more attractive. And I saw the girl and blah, 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 blah. And she's going on and on and on. I need to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. Just listen. And this is what happens. A total stranger now knows more about your relationship than you, the husband or boyfriend, does. Oh, I shouldn't have been telling you all these things. No, you know, you had to get it off your chest. Do you have, here's my business card. Do you have this card? Here's my business card. And then I'll get that call a few weeks later. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. You going to show up at the bar now? I'll probably be there. Okay, okay. And I sit there. And of course, the saga continues. A lot of men go through this with some women. I thought for a long time I was the only one. No. If I started talking to other fellows, they were like, yeah, you know, this lady gave me the key to her house and everything. I'm like, damn, for what? Well, she said her husband was gone for two weeks and she was lonely and didn't want to be around anybody else, but she wanted to talk to me and oh, go right ahead. I never had, I was never that fortunate. Go ahead. But some of them, they would pursue it. I chose not to. They were married. No, you already have a problem. You deal with your marriage first. Going to complicate things, starting to bring you into it. A lot of you guys don't know what you're getting into a lot of times when you start talking to women. Women are notorious to lie. But see, when they lie, they get away with it. When we lie, we get punished. That's the way it is. Woman can be on the witness stand. I was watching court TV. This woman had lied to the jury about everything. They didn't charge her with perjury. She was just discredited as a witness. That was it. If a man went up there and lied like she did, Oh, my goodness. They would have had perjury charge, contempt charges, and all kind of things. 
Because as men, we got to remember, we're expendable in society's eyes. That's the way it goes. We die in mass when it comes to wars. We're more prone to kill each other than women are to kill each other. These are things we do to ourselves. We're willing to take dangerous jobs to make a living. And we have to be logical about many of the approaches we take to certain situations in life. Our lives depend on Because if we don't, we run the risk of being killed very easily. <laughs> to put it frankly. And a lot of times we have points to prove. We got to prove our masculinity. We got to prove that we're an alpha male. We got to prove all this other dumb shit. Instead of focusing on who we are and where we are and the tools we have to deal with in life. A more practical approach. If you don't get anything out of this particular podcast, one thing I want you to get out as a man, you're going to have to be very careful about the person you introduce into your life as your woman, whether it's a girlfriend or a wife. You have to look at the things that are associated with her. You got to look at her behavior. Look at the situation she's in. See how that situation relates to her behavior and to her character. This will give you an idea. Are you looking for perfection? The answer is hell no. But what you're looking for are the fewer problems you would have to contend with with that person. So that's one thing that I'd look at more so. And a lot of women would never understand when, you know, they're talking about, I'm fine and I don't see why you're going to. And it was because, yeah, you're fine. You're attractive. But the problem is, it would be a logistical nightmare to date you. When I could date a woman that may not be as fine as you, but who has herself in such a place where, yes, she has challenges like everyone else does, but there are less, there are less risk with the challenges associated with that person than it would be with you. You got to go past the body. You got to look at the content, the characters. You got to look what's inside the package and make that assessment on the risk. See, as men, we take risk. But we also have to assess the risk that we take, right? And as men, we know there are some things we can and cannot do. I want you to imagine, briefly, as a friend of mine dated this woman years ago. Everything seemed wonderful in the beginning for the first month or so. It was I love yous and all this other good stuff, right? About the second month, they started dating. She started having financial problems. Then she started having problems with time. She didn't have any time for him. She was overextending herself. She had a business that she was running, and she was still having a nine-to-five. So she became very very busy and he noticed this change in the relationship and he said she must be cheating on me with somebody else and I said I doubt it 
He's like, well, when I call her, it just goes to voicemail. She's not returning my texts. Something's going on. He was right to notice that. What had happened? Being that she was doing so well in her career, her families, on her mother's side and her father's side, they started depending on her, asking her to do different things, financial favors. And what that did over time, it burdened her down. And she was working all kind of crazy hours. And she prioritized someone else's needs and responsibilities over her own, including that of the relationship. Then eventually she ended the relationship. Hey, you know what? I'm not really ready for this. It's, it's me. It's, it... No, it wasn't her. It was her family. Because what they did, they got to a point where, who else can we use? And she was next in line. Her older sisters had alienated themselves from the family because they got tired of being used. They got tired of paying off cars. They got tired of paying pass-through bills, paying bail money, all of these things for all of the other relatives involved in the family. And it became one big giant clusterfuck. And they walked away from it where they could have a moment of peace. So it was her turn to take on that burden, to get burned out by her family. And when I told him this, he laughed and said, man, you, you really are overthinking things. It's not that serious. She broke up with him. She came back to him about a year and a half later. She had lost her company, lost her job, had bad credit, had to file bankruptcy. And she was talking about starting over with him. he had an issue with the way she had left him. And she admitted that she had been used just like her older sisters. Same pattern of behavior. And now they were going on to other family members. Just like a storm. Again, if you don't get nothing out of this, fellas, remember one thing. Your job is to be in a relationship it's not to be someone's whipping board to be used. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services.
For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.